1: To get started,
2: visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Cabin cooking with the parents. With good old Lloyd. And here is another old favorite recipe
2: of mine that was served on many family reunions, and dinners... We call it Wild Rice Luncheon Supreme. The ingredients are as follows. You get one small can of mushrooms, two tablespoons of oleo, two tablespoons of flour, one cup of cream, two tablespoons of chopped green pepper, two tablespoons of chopped pimento, one cup of Spam diced, two hard-cooked eggs chopped, and one egg yolk beaten. First, you should brown the mushrooms in oleo, Add the flour and then place the flour and mushroom mixture into a double boiler. Blend the cream gradually. Add green pepper and pimento. Add a cute spam. Stir in the raw egg yolk and chopped hard-boiled eggs. Eat slowly but thoroughly. Serve over a bed of the Minnesota wild rice. You might also consider augmenting the cream sauce with a can of Cramwell's Cream of Wildlife Soup. Man, oh man, what a dish. You can proudly put this on any luncheon buffet and bask in the glory of the grids around the world. Wild Rice Luncheon Supreme allows the home cook to adapt, adopt, and improve. Doesn't get much better than that. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time, and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is cabin country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydsted, and I'm Fudd Klugman, with another woodland escape. Well, we're... Just as glad as ever
1: to have you join us again here on Cabin Country. That's right. And Fud, frankly, we we're kind of going a little nostalgic here for the good old days of, of a, a bit that we used and enjoyed and have plenty to work with yet. We, we got about a baker's dozen deep into something we often called the Schmidt Scenic Moment.
2: Schmidt Scenic Moment.
1: Yeah. And reviewing the artwork on the 24-pack cans of the Schmidt Scenics and uh, the... Nostalgia they'd bring back That's right. to both beer can collectors and appreciators of the cabin country yes. experience. And uh, well, we we got like as I said about a baker's dozen deep into the into the scenics and realized, gad, Zooks, there's we, more. We've got about a nine pack left here. So yeah. Clearly not a true Baker's dozen, not but we still
2: have some scenics that we need to uh, to get through. We do. I think some of our long-time listeners will be like, "Oh God, yeah, a breath whatever, of fresh air! It's back." Whatever happened to those guys? Come scenic on. moment! My goodness. Well, here they are. They're they're in, sitting in
1: all front of the glory right in front of us, FUD, And I think uh, if you in do the, uh... us the honor of. Trying
2: to do a blind... Uh, blind grab. I'd say that. digging deep, but we've kind of got the box top we here. Are, we are, yes, there's a there's a so, cool nine waiting to be reviewed, so... And we, we kind of went through and tried to remember what we did pick out previously, but... We're fairly certain you're either going to get but something if, new. If not, you know, I guess we'll just rehash. You know, everything old is new again. Well, there you go. So... Well, all right. Is. Let's uh, let's dig deep here. There he goes, and, and, uh reaching deep into the nine eyes pack. Eyes closed, and I feel one that Coming I'm going to grab. Coming up with treasure, right? And there.
1: What do we have? From?
2: We've got an old time farmer. Ah, yes. Gripping a moldboard plow behind. Him. What are we at? One or two? A
1: pair? Is it a two? Two, I think. A, a team. A team of two. They look to be
2: Belgians or Clydesdales. Yeah, they got kind of light-colored manes, good-sized brown horses. Uh, they're the 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 feature of the can under the under the Schmidt sign I'm here.
1: Gonna guess a wiffle tree behind both horses' derrières, and uh, <laughs> man yeah. hard at work walking behind the team. That's Thank right. you, sir,
2: handing me looks this. Looks like a cap, like it. Uh, what's he, he's wearing a fedora or something that looks like a yeah. Some, to I, the good lord, at almost 30s like, or something uh, or, yeah. There's like a.
1: One of the untouchables is out plowing the back (laughs) 40. Is
2: that Kevin Costner. uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: Elliot Ness and those other guys. Yeah. Sky is blue. The grain is ripe. And uh, that's a little confusing. You'd be out plowing when the... I don't know. Well, I see now. Okay, I take that back. He's He's in an adjacent field, FUD. Oh, I and see. grain is, is apparently ripe in the one field, and he's, he's plowing up, maybe going to get ready to spray some seed for uh, winter wheat or something along those lines. I'm not winter sure. sure.
2: Winter wheat. It's well, it's a cover crop.
1: You know, it's, it can be used for fodder, if you will, uh, in the springtime. But it's, uh, yeah, something to keep the, the soil in its place, prevent that dreaded dust bowl from coming back.
3: Rightio. And I'm, I'm thinking
1: if right. it's if it's a, a hard working untouchable out there behind the moldboard plow, with a team of, of Belgians or or Clydesdales or what have you, uh, this is going ways. This is going backwards. Yeah. Were yeah. there farmers, fud, in 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 the family and the, the Klugman lineage? Were there, were there good old fashioned
2: no, I don't think so. Farmers. I mean, my great grandfather came from Austria. Just around the turn of the century, I think. And sure. He came from a family of wine growers okay. in Austria, and uh, in fact, he and his brothers brought over a wine barrel, like one old wine barrel, wow. and the three of them like fought over who got to keep this one wine barrel. Right. This is on my dad's side mm-hmm, now, and mm-hmm. I know my grandpa was a m- milkman at one point. Okay. He- Drove the milk milk wagon, or was it a milk truck? I think Whoa. it was a milk truck. Okay. And my. Mom's side. This is the side with Gramps, who we've mentioned quite a Gramps. few times. Gramps. Gramps was a salesman, I think, for a trucking you outfit. Who made us happy up there. I think his father was an undertaker. Oh so <laughs> yeah. my! Yeah, Vintner's so undertakers and nothing close to farming. Now your family, on the other hand, oh
1: yes, yes indeed, lots of farming. Oh, da- 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 da. Da. Yeah, that was. Uh, on both sides. On um, both sides. Both sides. Yeah, it was uh, a, a legion of Scandinavian dirt farmers coming over to become Upper Midwestern dirt farmers. Mm-hmm. And, um, I shouldn't say dirt farmers. What'd you grow? Mm-hmm. Dirt. Lots <laughs> yeah. of it. Some of the finest soil. <laughs> no, it, it, You know, it was it was kind of the tradition of you, you do everything because you want for nothing in finding a, a shop. Mm-hmm. is going to involve a lot of travel. And, and yeah, so I, you know, my father's great-grandfather, or possibly great-great-grandfather, I'm not even sure, but came over before my mom's grand father. It was actually my grandpa who came over from, from Norway, from the old country. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in that situation, he was one of many kids, and times were tough. It was, you hear about the various kind of food shortages and depressions in European history. And it was his opportunity to come over to make times easier on the family because he was 16, 17, and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of kids and not a lot of food to feed those kids with. So he decided, I'm going to America to try my hands at at farming over there or whatever might lead him to, but that's what he knew. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm told of my... The other side of the family... The Dakotas was where they landed,, okay. and some pretty intense tales that you might remember from history classes of blizzards and right you know sod houses and all kinds of <laughs> we, we lost some stock uh, in, in the, the storm of you know ought two or whatever There's these <laughs> kinds of things, and then my father's side, it would not be surprising to see him wearing one of these hats and gripping the handles of a. Of a moldboard plow and and walking behind the team to try to get some some crops planted and i, and my, I know my dad talking about uh they had farm horses okay. prior to finding enough coin to buy one of those new fangled tractors you know uh, so yes. yeah they had workhorses and and ben my grandpa on on mom's side also had workhorses and there were tales of my uncle getting kicked in the chest by one of the oh, Clydesians, yes, yeah, right. wham! The <laughs> hoof, hitting him right square in the chest, and well, do we now have four kids, or do we still have five? How's he doing? You know that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Well. Yeah, and I think now this is going old school on this Schmidt scenic because the guy is walking behind the plow. Right, I know with uh, Grandpa's version of this and Great Grandpa's version of this, they were seated, you know, on those metal kind of. It's like a metal seat that almost looks like a, a metal wiffle ball chair, yeah, full of holes, right, you know, right. And then attached to several plows, but it, it needed it needed oxen or horse to pull it. So, mm-hmm. so they had that kind of thing. And then my dad would make jokes about the wiffle tree, which I thought wiffle tree. And I may not be saying that right. If any any of you. Listeners out there have a, a farming past, and you remember hearing about this kind of thing, but it was something that they hung behind the hind ends of these big workhorses to catch the offerings they would, <laughs> they would dispense with as they pulled the big plow. It was not uncommon. Uh, and if you were going into town, too, with the wagon or the buggy, yeah, uh, you had to do the same because the last thing you wanted in the streets of Glenwood or Kensington was, you know, all kinds of manure all over the. Right. These are right. big horses, so their yeah. out, their output is also <laughs> impressive. <Large>. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's quite a load up. you've yeah. <laughs> deposited, uh, <laughs> Highway Twenty Five. But uh, yeah, so the wiffle, you know, and and that became a joke. But with with the family of like, how how. How well did they use the wiffle tree and how how much shoveling needs to be done when you get back? Or, wow. Which always struck me as strange. I was thinking, if you're out there in the field, why not just let it fall? You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like fertilizer. It's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for Pete's sake, why do you... No, we'll collect a bunch of it and then run around again with manure spreaders behind the team, catching more manure. I don't hmm. get it, but, uh, I, you know... There you go. Growing up a suburban kid who knows very little other than
2: I'm sure I'm sure somebody will really want to straighten us out. I would it. assume, and Let I us, would hope so. Give us the history on the manure. Yeah, why <laughs> collect it, or did the, you just not want to <laughs> run
1: through it? Uh, the line from a movie I used to see in in school: "The gods are crazy." You know. Oh yeah. PhD who studies levels of chemicals and elephant dung. And, <laughs> trying to impress a, a woman in the in the film. She asks me what I do. I tell her I collect manure. Probably thinks I shovel the stuff. <laughs> Not that I'm writing my PhD. Anyway, uh, so yeah, feel free and, and hit us again if you would, FUD, with the uh, the web address if they'd like to send in a uh, cabin at
2: gmail.com.
1: You can straighten us out on all things manure. Whiffle Tree, the wiffle tree. That you know, maybe that was just something great grandpa came up
2: with. But uh, yeah, there was I mean, a. There are probably lots of names. For there's got to you know. be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can think of some off off the cuff here that I I will not say out loud for fear of us getting asked to stop. But uh, no, it, it, you know, it, interesting idea and what's what's behind it. I, the whole concept of of shoveling out, or as they say in Britain, mucking out the the stalls. You know, yeah. getting rid of. What the cattle or hogs have produced, I know that, uh, you know, that was a, a a necessary task. Oh, yes. And at the same time, you would, you know, load that up onto the honey wagon and then take it out to the fields with the with the manure spreader. And uh, as my dad used to say, the Nuri spreader. I was like, Nuri, oh, manure, I get it. I, you're being <laughs> cute now. Nuri. I don't know the, you know, I'm grandpa's dad, grandpa, if we can, or... You know, that side of things, I don't know that they raised a lot of hogs other than just straight up for food. Oh, okay. Um, and I can I can tell you and you can probably say the same if, if you've driven past farms that that focus on hog raising. Mm-hmm. Hog manure is its own special something. It's <laughs> <That's> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bust out Gramps World War One gas mask and put that on <laughs> right. when we uh, you know get the team hitched up because we're we're spreading hog manure today, oh, folks. And, and wow. ideally it stays in the in the field and not all over your overhauls, but uh, <laughs> wow. Nice hot sunny day, maybe some humidity and several hundred pounds. Hog manure—that's that's that's a recipe for well, maybe it was stomach ailments. I'm not sure. As yeah.
2: simple as just collecting the horse manure in the wiffle trees or whatever, right? And, right, right. And right, and, right. and collecting it and piling it up so you can distribute it uh, more regularly rather than just whenever the right. horse right. goes. Yeah. Know? Well, and there was something to
1: be said too. I'm told, and this comes from my father-in-law. Interestingly enough, he he grew up the The son of a postmaster. Oh, okay. In uh, the town we call Piers. Oh, yeah. And I know for a fact we've got a couple listeners who are going to years are going to perk up at that one because there's there's some connections. Yes. Um. But they would talk about like they'd they'd go to a neighbor farm and and bring along a a bucket and. And it only gets weirder from here, folks. (laughs) What are they going to do with all that? And he he always said, you take a shovel in your bucket and you'd you'd lift kind of almost like strata of this well-rotted cow manure and find all kinds of grub worms and and night crawlers. And, and, you know, you kind of got past, I guess if you grow up in this vicinity in this time period, it was not a big deal to reach in, probably bare hand these things. Maybe he wore gloves i don't know but that was that became fish bait uh-huh and then you took that over to the streams and rivers or lakes if you could get you know time in somebody's boat and you went out and and had you know the brook you had outstanding results fishing with these worms from the cow or horse manure pile wow so yeah kind of kind of bringing us home again with cabin country and radio pictures of Father-in-law's a young man holding up the, the northern pike. He'd landed on manure worms. Wowzers. Which, those two words together might cause a few spines to shiver a little bit. <laughs> Fishing <laughs> with manure worms. <laughs> you going to eat that fish? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was just used to
2: catch the fish. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't we
1: brought up for years. Unlike, eating that, the, honey, unlike that Yule Gibbons story. of Oh. Of, uh, that's right. They, you, know, you, you have to give us that story. How hands are, you know horse riding cowpoke on a farm, I guess more of a ranch down in the American Southwest. I want to say New Mexico or Arizona. Okay. Right. There was a, a river they would routinely ride through and then the carp would spawn.
3: hmm
1: And if we've ever been around like the, the Mississippi when the carp are running, it's it's something to behold. You can almost walk across the water on the backs of these huge carp that are just coming upstream to to mate and... and um, they thought, God, there's got to be a way to use these things somehow. So they fished with pitchforks. They'd kind of corral uh-huh. off the river, riding the horses towards these carp. And then they'd, they'd kind of do like a, almost like a weir kind of thing you might use for catching minnows. Yeah, And they'd trap all these carp. And then they'd sh- literally shovel them out of the river with pitchforks. Okay. Trying to figure out what to do with them. and then Because they tasted so foul. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> yeah. like, what do we do with this? And, uh, carp. Well God bless Yule. He figured out a way if you keep reading, you know, to, to make carp table worthy as he okay. say, but uh the joke amongst the cowhands was the one the one gentleman said, "Oh, we've done this for years. You you cover the carp in in fresh horse manure and then you bake them off in the fire around the the campsite and then uh you know when it's when it's cooked, almost like a salt crust for fish, which is all the rage with some of the The chef's out there. This is manure crust, I guess, (laughs) right? With carbs. Right, right. Then you crack that off with a hammer once the fish is done. And he said, fish wasn't worth much, but the manure was awfully tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) always a ray of sunshine. Ah, Thank you, Yule. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Yule. Glass is half full, not half (laughs) empty. Yeah. It's one of the most delicious baked manure we've ever had. <laughs> Just a hint of soup sawn of carp underlying that chewed grass. And yeah. Might be the special at the Cracklin' Jack Pine. This, uh, I haven't seen it on the menu, but they've, they've done some
2: crazy, crazy stuff. Well, why don't we try to get the taste of manure out of our mouths and take a short break? But when we come back, we'll have even more to say on the Schmidt Scenic Moment. Right after this.
1: Cabin Country would like to thank you for making the Cabin Country podcast the number one podcast on GSPN, the gas station podcast network. If your favorite gas station doesn't play Cabin Country while you are at the pumps filling your tank, please tell them that you want to hear Cabin Country while you gas up. Nothing says gas like Cabin Country. Cabin Country 1954. State by state will shine a light on some history, resources, and outdoors excitement found in many of the states referred to as Cabin Country. Will we visit them all? Probably not. But rest back in your lounger or boat seat and listen to the travelogues state by state. Remember, too, that if you don't hear your favorite locality covered in Cabin Country 54, contact the show at at cabincountrypod.gmail.com and let Fudd, Bjorn, and Don know what area we should travel to next. Today's first
2: visit? Minnesota. Home of the Cabin Country podcast. The North Star State. What has the family atlas of 1954 got for us concerning the land of 10,000 lakes? Plenty. Before the arrival of the Europeans, Minnesota was home to two major indigenous peoples, the Ojibwe or Anishinaabe in the north and the Dakota in the southwest. The region was first explored by non-indigenous peoples in the late 17th century. French explorers came through the area flabbergasted by the region's woodland beauty and clear waters. By the late 1700s,
1: that land east of the Mississippi was part of what was called by some the Northwest Territory. West of the Mississippi, the Louisiana Purchase. Minnesota was a U.S. territory in 1849 and a state in the year 1858. According to the resources map from the Family Atlas, what kinds of resources was the Gopher State
2: known for in 1954? The northwest of Minnesota is farm country along the Red River. Wheat, oats, barley, and potatoes are grown in abundance alongside sugar beets and commercial flax. As we move to the northeast of the state, sawmilling, papermaking... Iron mining and forestry are big business. This is also the northern expanse of Cabin Country, with resorts available for both lake sports, river navigation, and woodland exploration. And let's not forget the sport fishing and sailing on Lake Superior. The big lake they
1: call Gijigumi. What commerce, what history, what courage. Commercial fishing as well as sport fishing abound along the shores of the great lake called Superior. And let's not forget the ageless witch tree along its rocky shores. The sounds of voyageurs singing as they paddle paddled their canoes. The western part of the state has plenty to offer as well. More lake resort areas flourish as well as a booming dairying industry. And let's not forget the wonders that are the Minnesota River Valley. As we head farther south, a powerhouse poultry industry with our Worthington friends claiming Turkey Capital of the World status. Soybeans and potatoes continue to be agricultural giants as we move towards the southeast of L'Etoile du Nord. Stone mines and granite mines, meat packing and produce canning, pottery, leatherware, woolen goods, the south is also a busy place to be. And let's not forget the booming apple industry along the St. Croix and Mississippi rivers as we move towards the southeast. My goodness, what a bounty of autumn deliciousness. And Lake Pepin. Ed Brewster, where are you when we need you? so tiny!
2: (laughs) And the center of the state, clothing manufacture, the railroad and river hubs, and the giant that is flour milling. More than one central Minnesota high school uses the miller as their mascot. As one of the larger metropolitan areas in cabin country, the Twin Cities several splashes of industry to an established vacation land of parks, lakes, and rivers. The majesty of St. Anthony Falls, Minnehaha Falls, the St. Paul Caves, the Central Lakes.
1: My goodness. My goodness, indeed. I might even say
2: my land. Wow. That's big. Northern lights and boom sites white pines and resort signs, lumberjacks and great northern tracks, ore boats, and aquitennial floats, and lakes from 10 Mile to Vermilion, Catatogema to Mille Lacs, Lower Whitefish to Minnetonka, Lahamadu to Lake of the Woods. Where can angling and water sports get better? Many states will compete with Minnesota, but few will stand equal. The source of the Mississippi right down through green giant country due south. Kayaks and kneeboards await, and somewhere in the depths prowl the trophy muskellunge that will one day grace the wall of your den or rec room. I can see it
1: now on the knotty Pine, Minnesota and cabin country, ten thousand lakes and a whole lot more. Yeah, this brings back memories for sure. Uh, memories that I've only been told through word of mouth. I don't... I wasn't around... For, I've seen the pictures, you know, the old mm-hmm. farm folk together yeah. in their Sunday best getting their picture taken and and all the names underneath it, you know, there's Uncle Uncle Torbjorn and there's uh, Cousin Knut and all this kind of right, stuff. Right. It's the, the family gathering. I don't think they were having manure carp, but uh, <laughs> some of the products from the field that was... Sown by people behind their teams, you know. You, and the old magic that I think a lot of farm folks are still using, you plant all your seed corn, which is, you know, field corn. Okay. The stuff that's intended, by and large, for cattle to Oh, eat. sure, sure. Um, but somewhere in your rows, you, you kind of play the game of, and we're going we're gonna to plant a few rows that'll go the, the length of the field of sweet corn. As well, so we'll get something we can eat out of right. this, um, and and people who are kind of keen on borrowing from the field, like stupid kids might do, you know, mm-hmm. you know we stole a bunch of yeah, about four dozen years from the so and so farm down the road. We're gonna just eat like kings. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're often getting the the field, corn, field corn, which is meant for a three stomach the... cow. <laughs> And have you ever had field corn fud? Have you ever? No, I okay. can't say. Okay, I yeah. could tell the difference. What? Oh, you? How about you? you? Trust me, uh, you would. You, you would, would know. You would know. And, just and really, I see really... that as a stupid kid uh, from <laughs> my high it? school past. Yeah, out in the middle of kind of western Wisconsin, eastern Minnesota, driving along and up to no good basically just killing time in somebody's car and right and hey i got an idea and i'm like i feel like this might be a bad idea but somebody in the party let's i'm gonna stop and kind of get behind the trees here i'm gonna run over and i'm gonna get us some some lunch man fresh corn, from the corn right here and and boiling it up and then realizing man is this chewy <laughs> <laughs> starchy and just sweet corn my god starch corn this is this can't be right and, Maybe the next year will be better. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, however many of us eating the entire contents and then realizing we're mammals with one stomach. Ah, right. And we'll just say paid the the price. It was, uh, we've all had sweet corn and enjoyed it. The butter, the salt. Yeah. Some people, there's a lot of, I've. You know, Mexican street corn, outstanding. You know, the oregano, yeah. the mayo. I mean, I know it sounds weird, but it, cheese and mayo, you know, it's yes. just delicious. You buy right. this stuff on the streets, it's outstanding. And um, our folks, it was always butter and salt. I don't know about your house. But, yeah,
2: uh, just butter and salt. and Yeah.
1: And sweet, if it's, sweet and, and it's and salty. extra
2: good, if it's super tender and oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the field corn version. Oh, man.
1: I mean, like nice the tip-off should have been the giant kernels. Oh, just massive kernels, and then trying to get your teeth through those things.
3: (laughs) Oh, that
1: zooks you know, unbelievable. But I I remember trying to rally the troops the next day, and hey, anybody want to get together? How are you feeling? (laughs) I'm not going anywhere, man. Oh, you know, what about you? Oh, stay home. I, you don't want to be over here right now. Okay, I get it. So yeah, and then you know, talking to various farm. Relatives who were like, "Yeah,
2: it worked. They caught you." You know, wow. they weren't gonna. So say again now where? So where was the 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 sweet corn for human consumption uh, grown? Then probably in a secret middle location. Yeah. Like, oh,
1: it was it, well it, away it, from the road. Would, you know, the the family that was doing the farming, the planting, they 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 knew in their head where it was going to be. It might be seven rows deep. It might be three rows deep. I think the deeper you were, the better because people were not going to want to go through you know sure. Corn rows, great for hunting pheasants yeah great for and usually after late in the season and they, yeah it's all dried up chop the fields you know oh yeah. down and uh the pheasants are looking for for the leftovers that are all over the place and gleaning the the kernels as it right. were and we're out there walking along with our 12 gauges going maybe mm-hmm. you know if you if i have you hunted when the corn was still standing it's dry but it's still standing
2: Yes, well, it's I hard have as to well. see over. I have okay. as well,
1: and and I'm told that even when the corn is not yet dry, it's still green. Those corn leaves are sharp. Yeah, they can really do some. You oh know, yeah. With, as a result, of the farmers, you know, long sleeves, maybe yeah. a jacket, you know, that kind of thing, um, gloves, um, and as far as a hunter, as farting <laughs> hunters, as hunters, <laughs> obviously, we you know the 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 thick jackets you know the kind of kind of uh canvas jackets Whatever, you're not going to get cut to shreds but i I, my old neighbor who bequeathed to me one christmas a a 16 gauge and a 22 long rifle Mm -hmm. you're kind of the kid so i'm giving you the guns and you're gonna use them you're gonna get out there and hunt and he he would tell stories about being a teenager just bringing the gun out to bring in the cattle or whatever my dad's the same deal and got to be careful walking through those rows you know so knowing that they're sharp knowing you can get you know it's it's and it's kind of you know children of the corn it's kind of hard to get through these rows it's that they they grow in thick and it's not it's not real easy to walk those rows without making contact so they'd go a few deep or several deep and they knew in their head where it was it looks a little different uh, okay you know to some extent but it was it was a plan, to, you know. This is for us, not you. And
2: yeah, right, right.
1: I, I yeah, at least three of my farmer relatives were like, "Absolutely, you know, we didn't work that hard so you could eat." <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> the, the obnoxious teenager down the road could eat like like royalty. I, that was for us, so they kind of kept that secret. Gotcha. I doubt very much you were out trying to steal people's soybeans, right? You know, knee yeah. high and yeah. crunchy, and what are you <laughs> going to do with this? Right. I don't know. I just. Coffee substitute? For sure. <laughs> it's food. I Make I'm my own cold for food. For God's sakes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. I really doubt it. But uh, yeah, boy, there is nothing quite like really good, fresh sweet corn. Oh, know? yeah. And let's not forget, FUD, that some of that corn during a certain era of American history was used for something the locals referred to, and it was known nationally. As Minnesota Thirteen,
2: Minnesota Thirteen, Minnesota Thirteen. I couldn't tell you what that is. Home distilled corn whiskey.
1: Oh boy! And we had our own, our own uh, moonshiners up here in the great state. And I think, uh-huh. I think I told way back when uh, a wacky tale of my great uncle going out across a frozen Lake Minnetonka yes. with a puppy, with <laughs> <laughs> Puppy paw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buying several mason jars full of Minnesota 13 and then halfway back across the lake no one was feeling any pain but somebody felt the the call of nature after all that moonshine went down the gullet yeah I'll keep this puppy in my pants to keep it warm so it doesn't freeze to death and then producing a paw and wetting wetting both his slacks and the pup (laughs) there must have been some crying in those slacks (laughs) <laughs> Whine, your pants are whining
2: That's not the worst of it oh What wet and whining pants Oh, uh, 20 below On oh a slate Oh, <laughs> wow Middle of
1: a lake Let's talk Rosen about a lake uh, Yeah, yeah <laughs> Who's got a good case of uh, frostbite I can think of worse places That I'd rather have frostbite than
3: <laughs> Yes oh,
1: Down yes. by the old mill stream, as it were so, uh, Right Yeah yeah. Wow. I, I think it became quite the joke for that entire crew, but that poor dog. And then oh, my gosh. The guy with the sodden, I'm guessing frozen pants. I mean, what do you do with the dog at that point? Like, I, Somebody else take this pee scented dog because I. <laughs> my pants cracked. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> Look lively. Oh, my gosh. Daddy's got to get home <laughs> ASAP. Wow, Minnesota yeah. Thirteen. Uh, well, involving horses there too. You know, yeah. They, yeah. ideally they had uh, the horse a, drawn a team of four on that on that sleigh. But I can't get you sp- across the lake. I can't speak. Yeah. Twenty below yeah. zero. Minnesota Thirteen. Wow, and I know at the current uh, time people are doing that again. It's no longer illegal. It's now more of a, a Minnesota. I mean, we'll have talked to, talk to a Bogland Bub and see if oh, yeah. he's been brewing up his own version of Minnesota, Minnesota 13, Thirteen for. For sale i mean yeah
2: it's kind of all the fashion now you know, oh yeah brilliant. absolutely
1: distilling and Distillery brewing and, and, wow. And, i don't know fud's good to have it back the schmidt scenic moments. well i guess this, this is a good one to pick the workhorses and the the elliot ness yeah that's right. an, an interesting hat that guys i mean you know my ancestors were always um it was a ball cap you oh. know, it was a ball cap on your head, sure. and it said something along the lines of "you know Pioneer Seed" or "yeah Dekalb Seed" or something like that. Funk hybrid, that kind of stuff. It was a ball cap, and I just saw a picture of my my Norwegian grandfather, you know, sitting there in his suit, looking uncomfortable, <laughs> with, his, <laughs> with his kids and his spouse, and and uh, my wife pointed out, "Oh yeah, can't tell what he does for a living." Is Upper half of his face is pale, and the lower half looks like incredibly tan. So <laughs> right. this, this guy was out on the John Deere, you know, all yeah. day
2: long under his cap. Yep, keep
1: his brow kind of not burnt. And Correct, but half the yeah, he ended up nice beard.
2: You've you've grown. Yeah. No actor. Okay, no, you've just got to... It's like that like that Fred Flintstone kind of painted gray stubble. Look right, except for ice right. farmer red or something. Exactly. I don't exactly. know Wow, how come half your face is gray? Oh, it's beard. Beardage.
1: See. I see. Wow. Indeed. So, well, yeah. That's, I hope uh, hope that does does well by our listenership. Uh, I think so. I enjoyed it. My I gosh. had fun with I, it. My gosh! I, and I, I remember you, you fished that out, and I thought, workhorses. All right. Didn't we cover horses at one point? I thought we covered horses and cattle. And
2: right. I think we stayed away from sheep. Not a lot of, But it
1: brought the. The farming
2: The connection farming banking.
1: connection and, and a little bit of fishing, too, Right,
2: with think. the grubs and the nightcrawlers. Right through that well-rotted in the manure, manure. Hey, 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 wow. hey, 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 hey. Yes,
1: yes, indeed. <laughs> wow. It's been, it's stratifying. It's like metamorphic rock. This is outstanding. Lift up that pile. <laughs> get those worms. Let's go fishing.
2: J- the fish will be jumping out of the stream or right. lake.
1: I'll take a... A fish that likes a manure worm over a fish that <laughs> likes a cigar butt. So, there you have it. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Well, terrific. If, well, if
1: we're lucky, you might be seeing the horse and farmer connection spinning on, the, on our webpage. I think we'll have to feature it. That could be there. could be Listen, there. Listen, it's back. <laughs> By it, it has returned. demand.
2: What the heck happened our, to the Schmidt
1: Scenics? Our listenership called out, and by gad, we responded. So that's right. Good to bring it back, and good to just kind of shoot the bull. That's right. That's right. Quote a teacher I used to work with: "You just need to shoot the bull every now and again. <laughs> you need a bull session. That's what you do in cabin country. Oh, fire it's all going. About, yeah, coffee is ready to go. The fire is roaring. Might be a cigar lit. Oh yeah, there might be. And there a radio be. show or two being listened right. to. But at the same time, the bull is being shot. Hopefully not too painfully. Anyway, thanks for joining us on this welcome back edition. The Schmidt Scenic Collection. We got more to come. That's right. There's at least eight more Scenics. That's right. I'm excited, Fud. Me too. Big stuff. All right. Back to the show. Mitz Coffee has offered premium roasts of world-class coffee to the upper Midwest for years. And as cold weather changes the tint of the Northwoods, Mitz offers you Laughing Goose Blend Dark Roast, a coffee that will shake the cobwebs loose and lift you into your day's events. Laughing Goose is the perfect mix of strength and taste, like the mighty bird that gave it its name. There is no problem or challenge you can't soar over after three or four mugs of Laughing Goose. The strong, rich flavor of a dark roast, with the smooth drinkability of a medium blend. Strong, hot, straight from the pot. What more could you ask for on a crisp autumn morning? And of course, Mitt's still offers its full range of coffee blends, including Morning Dove, early morning blend, for those who need a milder start to the day. Yodeling Loon Espresso, our strongest blend for a potent cup. And Whistling Wood Duck, medium roast, for those who like to keep a full pot on all day long. (laughs)
2: Laughing Goose is yet another of the flavorful coffees offered by Mitt's House of Fine Roasting. Mitt's Coffee, the brew that flew with the Great Northwest.
1: The Continuing Logbook of Terrible Tim Torgerson, The 38, Part 2 of Wabashaw Red Eyes.
2: another muggy and hazy early morning, arguably St. Paul's most humid summer in decades. When is this infernal humidity and heat going to pass? I still don't have A.C. in the truck. guess the folks in the garage have their hands full. I understand that Doug and Mike need brakes in their trucks, and that's important, but clearly I need my air conditioning. Today is kind of unique for a guy like me. I'm less edgy. The summer's heat, humidity, and lack of rain have made the bushes and weeds of the ditches and public land area thin and weak at best an agent can see through most of the scrub the stands of shrubs where goofy teens would hide and throw eggs at traffic or smoke things they shouldn't don't provide a place to hide this summer kids will have to get craftier not that that's ever been a problem i often have to pick up after them i know So I'm not needing to keep my eyes peeled on the ditches as I drive through the regional and county parks. Pretty easy days of it. Responding to calls mostly. Health issues around beaches and parks with people who are dehydrated or dealing with early stages of heat stroke. A call to the EMTs is where those situations go. I'm driving out of the lots at Harriet Island when I see a guy waving his arms wildly from the other side of the road. He's not far from the cave entries where they've been sealed and blocked. This was the place where that older gent had claimed to see the spectral form of what he called a period-style gangster. His gangster had glowing red eyes, as I recall, saw him standing amidst the tree shadows near where the Ohio Street Hill begins to climb. Now I've got a guy holding something, jumping up and down and clearly trying to get my attention. As I slow the truck down along the shoulder, I see that his held object is a metal detector. He looks equal parts excited and worried, and begins stammering at me before I can even turn off the truck.
1: Hey, you're park police, right? Something like the police anyway, right? I'm not sure if you're the right
2: person to see this or not, but you're here, so check this out. Come on over here. You gotta see this. He runs over to the tree line and looks around excitedly as though he's not quite sure of something. And he starts nodding his head and yelling again. Come on over here. Make sure
1: you got your phone. You're going to want to call this one in, I'm guessing. Check it out. I made sure I didn't touch it
2: once I saw what it was. Almost as though he thought it would help me believe him, he passed the metal detector over the area one more time. It wailed out its alarm call. Something here is metal, all right. I look over at where he held the detector coil. Something is sticking out of the ground, just barely perceptible as I look closer, I realize it's a rusty tube with a rusty sight at the end of it. This is a gun barrel. Wow, quite a find. I photograph it with my phone and mark a GPS spot for it as well. Sir, don't touch anything, please. I walk back to the truck.
1: What do you think, man? What what have I found? I know what I think it is.
2: Okay, what do you think it is? I'm half asking the obvious question just to keep him talking. Maybe then he'll leave the gun alone. He did find it, but this is more a police and outdoors agent situation than one for civilians. That's a
1: gun, bro. Looks like it's been there for a while, too. I'm guessing it's a 38 special.
2: Why do you say it's a 38? i I'm fairly sure he's right, by the way.
1: Looks like the kind you only see in movies and on TV. 38 special.
2: Mr. Saturday Night Special, right? I now have the gloves on and an evidence bag. I want to thank you for calling me over. That was the right thing to do. But I've got it from here. Uh, Okay. Okay. He seems like he wants a reward or something. I don't have anything for him except a plastic junior agent badge, the gifts we give to small children. I'm guessing he doesn't want it. Thanks again, sir. After a bit of poking around with the straight blade screwdriver from the truck, I have the rusty handgun out of the ground and in my hand. The young man was right. This was a rusty old 38 service revolver. Some of the wooden handle grip was gone, and there was a bit of rust on it. The barrel is full of dirt, well-packed dirt. I call in the find to the office.
1: You have an old thirty-eight found near the caves. Have you marked the spot and taken photos?
2: Absolutely. Guessing you want me to bring this in ASAP, right?
1: Roger that. See you back here, Torgerson.
2: Once I'm back at the agency offices, I turn the gun over to our forensics department. I begin filling in the necessary paperwork for finding a firearm in the park, and there's a fair bit of it. After what seems like an hour's worth of hammering away on a computer keyboard, Agent Deckard comes over to my desk. He's got the thirty-eight on a tray.
1: Tim, this is quite a find. You say it was discovered near the Wabashaw Caves area?
2: You bet. Barrel first, it was sticking up out of the ground, backed by a stand of trees off the road. This is a
1: gun from roughly 1931, Torgy. I'm kind of surprised it's in such good shape for a gun that's been in the ground that long. The disintegration of the grip gives you an indication of how long it's been in the dirt. That and the amount of rust on the metal parts of the gun. Yeah, I'd guess this gun was lost somewhere in the early 1930s.
2: That'd make it during St. Paul's
1: gangster era, right? I'm not a betting man, Tim, but that's what I'd guess. I'm going to send it over to the police station for safekeeping.
2: So, a mob-era gun sticking up out of the dirt in roughly the same place where Joe Krasner saw a silhouette of what he thought was a 30s-era gangster hiding in the trees... A gangster who was all shadow and glowing red eyes, and then faded from sight as the old man began to panic. This is getting interesting. I've heard about trigger objects, no pun intended, and how real-time objects may actually anchor energies to specific areas. The cynic in me makes me shake my head, but this is a pretty unique coincidental pairing. Hmm. I realize as of Tuesday that I'm finding more and more reasons to patrol past the caves area where might this new turn take us?
1: The continuing logbook of Terrible Tim Torgeson, The 38, Part 2 of Wabasha Red Eyes.
2: ESPN is proud to offer the latest album by Gus Smooth Angler Belgum, Cabin Country's premier lounge song stylist. The Smooth Angler will tingle you with such jazz standards as Little Log Shack. I wanna go back to my Little Log Shack in Lake Winnemagoshishville That perennial favorite, an ode to the bonfire, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Pine cones crackling in the fire Smoke its in your eye. The silky stylings of autumn leaves. Those golden leaves clog up my cesspool. Don't let the screen door close on summertime.
0: Where
2: your mixture's rich. And your prop shaft is greasy. And let's not forget the old cabin country standard salt burbot that
1: oily fish
2: wraps around
1: my wrist salt burbot salt burbot that
2: oily pass Gus Belgum, the smooth be angler salt look for his music Burbon. on cassettes salt and CD Burbon. as well as on playlists and of course on the homepage of Cabin Country available as salt always both Burbon. online and as one of the top ranking podcasts on GSPN the gas station podcast network Gas up, tune in, and let the smooth angler take you away. Well, Bjorn, we're kind of at the end of the summer here. It did go by quickly. Kind of did. It's been a been a hot one. Real hot and moving at light speed. It's kind of crazy, though. Super super dry Time and uh, hard to hard to keep the lawn from dying. I tried. To, I made a valiant effort this year. I've always been one of those. What's the point? It's just going to go dormant and it will come back later. But man, it's not just going dormant. It's just being fried away. Right, right. right. But anyway, that's boring uh, suburban talk about your lawns. So.
1: Well, let's take it up north. Well, how many times did you have to prime the mower up in the the Gull River? I've hardly.
2: I don't think I've mowed. This year, ever since the multiple trips this spring to get that new pump put in, right, with my, right, my dad and and uh, others have have uh, mowed when it was needed. But now it was it's so dry, haven't haven't needed it. But um, closer to home here, you uh, you made the annual trip to uh, Great Minnesota Get Together. That's right, the Minnesota Get Together. You <laughs> got together. the the early
1: risers, yeah, I've with a handful that, of others. I become that. Individual FUD, Where, for me, the ideal time to be at the shack on the river or somebody's cabin on mm-hmm. the chain. Back in the days when I was a kid, I loved the weekends and the crazy, just boats everywhere and jet skis, mm-hmm. and slalom skiers going down Daggett into Little Pine, all that good stuff. Love to be in the thick of it. There's people. There's lots right. to do. This is a hub of energy, and not, you know, I'm at that phase in my life now where I'm kind of. I want to go up and on Tuesday, yeah. (laughs) Come back late Thursday, you know. Right. Get the whole chain to yourself. You get the whole, or at least precious few compared to. So that big sporting events, even the music lover in me that wants to go see the huge events at uh, the big venues, that person has taken a very long nap. Uh I'm not. I'm not there anymore. The crowds. Mm -hmm. Don't do it for me anymore, Fudd. Uh-huh. I want to be, I want to be, uh, you know, I'll go see a show or two at a, a smaller venue or mm-hmm. whatever. But yes, indeed. Um, it's funny how things change. And my spouse is now kind of keen on going to the fair, I oh. think, from both a work standpoint and seeing what's out there and just a day out away from the house. And and there's a little memory trigger there, too. Her dad used to work the fair every year and mm-hmm. I did. Loves to go. And I'm the guy now kind of, well, Oh, really? You uh-huh. think I might go practice the bass for a while or <laughs> then. Yeah, I did, in fact, go along with uh, my better half. Uh, wandered around a bit. And where I'm drawn, often as not, is, you know, with the old farming heritage, my family. Machinery Hill. Still, uh-huh. you know, I couldn't have been more bored, I think, as a kid. The, yeah, let's go look at the new combines. and. Uh, come
3: on. I mean, look <laughs> at all this
1: stuff. is But now it's kind of, to be there on a day when they're running the old steam-powered stuff Uh, is always interesting. That was not the case this time for me. Um, That, uh, the DNR building, you know, with Mm -hmm. the old log construction and dioramas and the aquariums full of local fishes. Local fish. Yeah, all that good stuff. And uh, and then the, the stock barns, I'm still a sucker for, let's go look at the goats and the pig and the, you know, the cows all this kind of yeah, the cows look at the cows for gosh sakes we were there early enough that very little was open so it was just a oh. lot of walking around and looking at stuff and then getting her to where she was going to work for the day um over at the eco experience and, and watching the massive line for some new type of handmade donut oh really that uh, people were talking quite a bit about and um yeah i hung out for a while and realized i had some Script stuff to do for the show, and some practicing to do on the instruments, and there were paintings I wanted to work on, and that sounded a lot more interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. so I did get to the fair. I did. Yourself, Fudd, were you uh, amongst the record crowds that seemed to...
2: Oh, oh, no. I, My wife and I went back about uh, 17 years ago, and uh, your thing with crowds has kind of been there all along for me. Okay, yeah. So no, but what I do want to hear... Turning it back to you, yeah, because I don't have anything yeah. exciting to share about that. Uh, <laughs> well, we did post the picture of you seeing the giant moose. The big moose
1: made out of con- recycled. Yeah, recycled cardboard. Yeah, that looked uh, pretty imposing. And the giant, the world's biggest floating loon. Yeah. Also made out Got of... Got to post uh, that as well. I think that's been put to sea a couple times, too. It's It's been run out as kind of oh. like, hey, check this out. It's the world's biggest cardboard loon in and a well-painted... And Looked good. It was massive. I kind of.
2: I always wanted to make something like that, you know, yeah. for the for the Gull River, something really, b- very Loch Ness monstery, you know, like the world's ooh, biggest coot. I'll just yeah, yeah put it out wow. there, and I'm going to scare people. But take this four ten and try to hit it more. Yeah, I missed. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> hit the broadside of a gigantic, constructed coot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Cardboard gosh. and.
1: Poly fiber.
2: But I'm sure if I couldn't hit it, uh, several neighbors would take it upon themselves to get in their pontoons and fishing boats and, hey, let's go blast the giant coot that's floating around. Demolition derby. Yeah. But you also stopped by, I saw you leaning on a tri hull. Yeah, you pontoon? know, it's,
1: it's kind of fun over by that, that I guess it's, it's closer to the big state fair water tower that you see from, from oh, Snelling, sure. Yeah, you know, and there's more kind of outdoorsy kind of stuff. Um, right, some boat dealerships, and a lot of kind of ATV mm-hmm. aficionados, and um, yeah, I was just mightily impressed by this, and I guess there's nothing new. I was talking to somebody I work with today who said, yeah, we have one of those,
3: hmm.
2: oh. and
1: we've got, and the, the man of the house wants to put twin 300-horse motors on the back of it. Good Lord. A triple pontoon pontoon. I mean, it's a pontoon boat with three of the of the hulls Sure, sure. that rest in the water, so... I said, "No, well, it's got to be a stable ride. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know why he wants to get the thing up to like 100 miles an hour. I don't really understand. <laughs> it's not moving a, at all side to side, but boy, are we flying it. Like, yeah. you <laughs> On a pontoon. Uh... So I kind of leaned against it like it was mine. And, <laughs> and granted, hey, it was a new ride for this fall up on the Gulf River. Oh, yeah. No, no, I was just dreaming. But uh, it was a beautiful boat, big boat, huge motor on the back, and then... Saw this in a couple different vendors there with the, and it's common to see the big pontoons or the big speedboats that can also be used for, say, Great Lakes fishing. Yeah. Or, or if you're going to take it out on Malax or Lake of the Woods, and you have right. miles to cross before right. you find the spot you marked on your GPS as the, the heavy hitter, you know, like or
2: even we got to be here, you know, Lower Gull Lake with David Ebner. Absolutely, right? oh, absolutely,
1: and um, but they've always got that big big motor, and then next to it. Something along the lines of a nine or a ten horse. Sure, for it's used for probably trolling. trolling I'm guessing, or just maybe? quietly moving about from place to place. Yeah. And I noticed this time around, I always thought, well, that's you're probably still grabbing the tiller with those things and and kind of manually moving it about. But these were all hooked straight into the wheel. Wow. So you're, I I don't know how do you a switch over. Listener from? will call in and talk about, oh, yeah, I got one of those deals. You switch engines and you, you know different, but it's easy and it's a couple of you know
2: this lever here and yeah. shift Yeah, you switched and
1: over to the nine horse, and now you just make sure it's primed and off you go, and huh. then you can switch back and go back to water skiing or whatever you want to do. I've seen it. You ever seen people water skiing behind a pontoon? No, not on the Gull River. Yeah, I, I on the chain, on the Whitefish Chain, for a couple of years there, it's not uncommon to see one of those super, super pontoons coming down the lake, just huh. the, the U.S. flag on the stern oh, sure. flying right for all move, trying to rip free you know yeah. and then somebody had either the fastest inner tube ride they'd ever had in their life right hanging on for for everything they've got or or water skis it's just like, yeah and there's something just wrong about that but it, it works weird yeah, I, it works you can't play crack the whip oh i suppose with no, a right. pontoon quite like right. you can with a v-hull or a tri-hull speedboat. i don't boat, think so yeah, it was just interesting to see these things, and 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 yeah, the, the whole idea of twin three hundred horse motors,
2: yeah, on the back of a triple hull pontoon, big, you know. Well, yeah, like you say, that'd be for big water. I mean, what I'm curious too is about so the tracker has hundred fifteen horsepower, which right. is more than enough. Oh man, than move. I need, right? But what's also nice about these these modern motors is yes, that these four stroke engines is that when you're you can idle at such a quiet. I mean, right. this is one fifteen. I don't know about those three hundreds, but to need a nine horse in addition to a two hundred plus horsepower, yeah, I, I don't quite don't quite get it either. I, I and it, I, I don't know. We're like, gonna have to showpiece. Have an know. expert. Uh, yeah. Somebody please c- yeah. write in.
1: And if you write in and let us know and remind us all again, Cabin talk. Country Pod. Pod no, at gmail.com no period no. in there no comma no slash it's Pod at, at gmail.com yes Com. but uh i'll yeah. send you two decks of omar sharif playing cards from 1958 <laughs>
2: i'm gonna have to post those two those, those are for real
1: where did you get the, where did you find them uh, they uh, came from one of the various house cleaning activities oh they were not ours but they were they ended up in our Tutelage, I guess. Omar
2: Sharif. Omar
1: Sharif. A young Omar Sharif. It's a sketch. It's a black and white pen and ink sketch of a young... Like, who is this? Freddie Mercury? No, it's Omar (laughs) Sharif. (laughs) Oh! You know,
2: uh, Dr. Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago. There we go. And what's that other movie?
1: Dr. Zhivago. Something something with uh, Barbara Streisand. Oh, my gosh. What would that have been? Funny Lady, maybe? Does that sound right?
2: Oh, that could be. It's kind of a
1: young... Dashing ne'er do well card shark.
2: He was also, remember, he played a hitman in one of the Pink Panther movies. Omar Sharif. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's this beautiful, like, Russian s- spy or something that right. uh, is coming to kill Inspector Clouseau, but instead she runs into Omar Sharif. Uh, I think he's there also to kill him. I, I can't okay. remember. I'm going to have to re watch this one. But then they end up, they just end up getting all romantic and. And so she thinks that Clouseau now is this hot lover. So then later, she shows up again mm-hmm. in his bed. Oh, my. Then Clouseau has a fantastic scene where he's trying to be Mr. Romantic and suave and right. take off his suit and tie, <laughs> yeah. and he gets caught around his head and all that. But, so, yeah, that's... I'm, I, I, I hate to say it, those are the two movies I know most about Omar Sharif. Dr. Right. Dr. Zhivago and one of the Pink Panthers. Something involving the Pink Panther. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, though. He was also in... Uh, well, top secret. Oh, yes. Remember that? Yes. Came in uh, after the car crusher. Yeah, and he was all compacted
1: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> clanked through the door and right. fell over. <laughs> well,
2: wasn't he trying to sell? Was it him trying to sell uh, souvenirs? No,
1: he was. He was talking to that guy. Oh, that the the souvenirs gentleman in the in the I'm blind glasses. Oh, okay. Was was yeah the fake dog poop and <laughs> the right. can of whipped cream and. Uh, <laughs> I think a cigar that exploded, and yeah, he kept getting the—he was the butt of all the jokes. So. Oh my gosh, See, that's good are, stuff. I mean, these are the classic. kind
2: of movies we like to watch, you know, when we're after a stogie and staring at the fire, listening to some old radio shows. Right, we'll, we'll have an after
1: afternoon of casting off the dock. Yes,
2: we'll watch some silly, silly Absolutely. thing from the
1: eighties. Top Secret—that's that's my favorite with Omar Sharif.
2: So. Yeah, that's a that's a funny one. Some people stuff. hate it. It's it's uh, yeah, it's Slash over the tape. top. Well, yeah. So, all right. State Fair. Uh, yeah. Ben, Omar. Omar uh, Sharif.
1: All good. good. I was kind of a crazy twenty-four hours there. We went to the Gopher home opener against Nebraska, which also tends to get me kind of stressed out. So,
2: when was this? Was that? Just... That was
1: Thursday night. Oh, okay. and then woke up Friday morning to go to the, the Great Minnesota. Wow. Camp together. So yeah, it was two big crowds. Wowzers. Inside wow. of roughly twenty-four hours. So I was, I was in rare form by the time I got home. I was.
2: Well, you're, you're in
1: in need of uh, a sparkling water and a paintbrush. <laughs> yes. Excellent.
2: Yeah, and I I avoided it
1: as as per usual.
2: Yeah, that's that is. Can you remember
1: Fud from the last trip? You and Molly went. Mm-hmm. Was there something in particular that sealed the deal for the two of you? Kind of like I don't need to come into this ever again. Was it the crowds? Was there a food offering? Was there? I don't know anything I, in particular. The band that was playing at the uh, Coliseum. Years. Oh God! I didn't come here to hear nonstop. Fill in the blank in the background. I think it
2: was mostly the crowd and the, and getting around with a you know sixteen month old. And Ooh. I think yeah, Molly was yeah. pregnant with number two. And um, well, we had decided after. After that last trip, well, you know, right nearby is Como Park, another long-standing favorite spot of, of Twin Cities people. Amen. Under Como the glow Lake of Como, Como Paul's Lake. number one. Como Park—they've got the conservatory and the little zoo and a big old-fashioned carousel. And right. In fact, I remember as a kid uh, going there, and I think I have whole movies of me crying because I was too afraid of the sound of the tilt whirl and all the okay. all yeah. the, the mini roller coaster. Right? Sure. <laughs> you know, the little like, airplanes that like, go around in a yeah, circle. And right. And what are those little cars that are all sparkly colored and they have the,
0: eh, 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 or the boats? Remember eh, the boats? Oh yeah. You know, and by, the the little, boat.
1: by the time I was old enough to be there and walking under my own steam, those boats were in pretty tough shape. Yeah. But you get in those and just go around in a circle for two minutes and
2: ring the bell and, so we thought we'd enjoy that, at, and we did for a couple yeah. of years at Como, but sure. then that started getting really overly crowded. So. Popular spot. What turned out then to be the most fun for us is when we would go up to the cabin and took our girls to the new location of Paul, Paul Bunyan Land. Of course. And they have those old cars and the old boats that go around in the a train. Circle. And uh, up until, well, of course, we did a special episode of, of uh, Paul Bunyan Land. And it was Pyrite was Pete. Pyrite Pete. Oh my God! Sourdough Sam. With this, wonder how his beard is doing these days. Yeah. You know, falling off. Her. Hello there. And
1: I remember their old haunted house too. There was some yeah. sort of bearded skeletal figure that kept popping out of a window about two stories
2: up. No, well, that was Pyrite Pete. Was wasn't? that Pyrite? Pyrite Pete? Yeah.
3: Howdy, partners! I'm up here in the window of my mind shack, and
0: my name's Pyrite
1: Pete. I run this here old mine. Because you had mentioned that near the end run of the kids still finding it interesting. Pyrite Pete was starting to lose the beard. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's coming off at kind of a rakish angle. Yes. <laughs> at what point does Pyrite yeah. Pete's beard float he? down into someone's cup of fries? <laughs> 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 oh, God, I gotta get a new cup of fries. The yeah, piece? this beard. Just yeah, beardage a, here. I don't, I don't know. Your fries have won a, a beard award. Give me a new cup.
2: <laughs> and Pyrite Pete looks more like uh, an old Sears male mannequin without his beard and he's just slowly turning his head from left to right and right. wearing oh, yeah. good 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 times sport
1: coat from blair but yeah uh,
2: <laughs> but the girls kind of outgrew that yeah. and uh so we haven't been now for a couple of years but those were those were fun. and and what i liked about it is that in the new location and and of course they added on um Pioneer Town, which right. was uh, the the collection of all you, you can't imagine the amount of antiques and stuff. We went into this. Go back into our anthology of Cabin Country episodes, and you'll find Paul Bunyan Land. Oh, and absolutely! We got clips and interviews from our walk. In fact, walking in and having as Paul does, he'll call your name out. And right. he said, "Oh, it's Bajorn and Fudd." I had to do everything in my power to overcome that childhood
1: <laughs> fear. <laughs> right.
2: I don't want him to see me. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, going yes. to eat me. What's that's going to happen? Look at the size of that yap. <laughs> yeah, no. I
1: in fact, I think you took a shot of me
2: sitting on Paul's <laughs> right on, shoe. His, on his on his big boot, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So, it was
2: a leap of faith for me. It was a growth moment. But I I liked returning there with having little kids because it wasn't nearly I mean, at least when we went, it wasn't as crowded as it is right. at Como Park or the fair, right. you know, fairgrounds. Well, so. on
1: that note, foot we have had a few communications from people who have listened to some of the shows that's new mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. and they talk about you know sometimes you we, we give myself a fair amount of gentle ribbing for all the you know remembering the past kind of tales that we spin on mm-hmm. uh, cabin country but somebody got back to me with some actually a, we'll, we'll talk more about the individual later he's he was our our vaunted snap snapping turtle hunter oh, yeah good friend yeah. from long ago and he was like i really appreciated that it brought me back to oh yes things that got real sentimental about old cabins past and right you know right renting a boat and having to just do the slow crawl up and down these docks i used to fish in front of and yeah fabulous luck as a kid and nothing at all now as an adult <laughs> but it felt right you know going back in time and still seeing So and so on the dock.
2: What we're all about here, right? Cabin country. We're we're
1: looking for your tales, your stories, and especially as the winter is off there on the horizon, howling, and we get a little closer to our favorite time of the year. Right, right around the corner, Bjorn. Yeah, people are closing up the cabins. They're they're shutting off the pumps. They're draining all the water systems if they're not going year round. If it's not a year round place, and they're getting Mm -hmm. ready to. Kind of close things up. You now, good friends have year rounders too and they're like, Oh what are you talking about? I don't do yeah. that I just we keep the heat on, you know. Okay. Right. Well, Almost I'm, on me. We always closed up. And that time's right around the corner. It's just uh, again another ninety degree day here in yeah, mid to late September. But it we know what's coming around the corner. It's it's gonna
2: cool off tomorrow. And as a Minnesotan you're more than ready for it. Yes. You know? It's like not looking forward to a long, drawn out winter, but autumn you're ready for the yeah the change, change of the colors heat. apple orchard season And the, the thinning of the foliage and
1: that's right at night you need that flannel shirt with the yeah. lining you know put
2: that on sit around the campfire well and what's fun is i on our last recent trip with with the kids and molly we uh well their favorite thing as they got a little older of course is to go into Niswa and uh visit all the shops oh yes Oh, yes. And uh, I'll usually end up getting myself a, uh, like, a new flannel or something from... You bet. I think it's Lundgren's or something. Sure. Like. It's funny to buy it on a 90-degree <laughs> yeah, day. Sweating profusely. Looking forward to when you can wear can it. I finally wear this shirt, for God's sakes. But also what we look forward to is uh, Halloween and uh, the... Our, our annual offering. Uh, the annual Halloween season Cabin Country episode. It's... I think we look forward to that... Uh, as much as I've always liked Halloween, it's fun to spin the tales and well, Lord knows there's
1: no richer kind of target area than cabin country for oh yeah stories that might run a little uh, electricity up the, the spine yeah. and yeah get you thinking about things mine country logging right. camps oh yes the old old cabins that are starting to fall apart off the off the roadside Just, there's a lot a lot to work with and then of course water yeah everywhere water right. right. Cools off, and the rivers and lakes are steaming in the morning because of the difference in heat, air temperature. And oh yeah, water's still warm, but the air's cooling off. And
2: but we will we will have more. Oh, it's we're right around we're, the corner. We're cooking. We're preparing things some. in
1: the hopper, and we're getting ready to do it from the shadow. Yes, of Saint Paul's number one. Right. right. Wind whistling down the, the the flues and chimney stacks. Ah, oh, it'll be wonderful. Looking forward to it. But and, uh, uh, yeah. what's the what's the time? Frame look like now, fud For you and the family, as far as dock out. Well, I'm not down, sure. So get here out we the are. old, get out the old Sears vacuum cleaner top, and oh, you know suck what? Suck
2: the water out of. Ever since last year, when you and I did this ceremonial last blowing out of the water lines of the cabin with my dad's Sears yeah, yeah, top of a shop vac. shop vac, and it broke, and I had to duct tape it. <laughs> I and I and my brother and I decided. All right, this is the last year. Let's get a real the... pumpkin. And not only that, did we go through the trouble, Bjorn, of trying to do that, but I didn't do it properly. I didn't <laughs> open, open up the faucet <laughs> handle <laughs> Here we go. of the shower, so it froze solid. It and froze crack. and broke. <laughs> and in addition, I to, shouldn't laugh. No, that's well, not, that's not funny. You know, it, that's what ca- ha- you know. Cabin country. Part of the deal is is all part about. of the deal. Learning by the, doing. The, the stupid mistakes you make. Oh and, yes. And I I swear, my dad takes pleasure in repairing those kinds of things. So rather than get mad, it's worse if I were to just do it, not be aware of it, not do anything about it, than if I were to discover it, as I did this year, with my dad. So we can go, yeah, I think that was it. But I think you forgot. to... Well, that's all right. You know, we I, we all make mistakes. Make a trip no to the lumber yard. We'll do two shakes of a lamb's we'll tail. That means uh, more more dad and son quality time, bonding, fi- fixing things. That's what it's all Heck about. Yeah. So, but everything's running fine up there. And um, uh, so, yeah, your question as to when it's early September. Take the, take you take the tracker out. You and I still have to make our our autumn fall time. Junket. Yes. Yeah. Seasonal, you know, time up there. Throw and, those uh, black
1: rubber worms. Right, for some and late the channel, season. Uh, weeds are much thinner by this point, And it yeah. seems like the fish are a little more interested in the autumn, strangely enough. I
2: don't know why I
1: have that going through my
2: Well, it seems like there's a page. lull in when the weeds get really thick on the Gull River and it's late, sticky, hot autumn, or excuse me, summertime. Right. The, the biting, like, I had no luck last time I was up there. And, yeah. The last couple, I mean, the, when we made our yeah. early summer trip, it was... Caught that one yeah. northern... Right, we well, that was a nice fish. And yeah, you that was nice it on the on the web page. That was nice, but uh, other than that, there hasn't been no too much. So maybe we'll have better luck. Did this, I manage to far? break
1: another rod? I'm trying to remember.
2: Oh no! No. Oh, no, no okay. No. All right. No, we. I, I got you one for your birthday. Right. To keep up there, one that I think will hope, hopefully. But didn't stand the didn't test. Didn't that of.
1: break too? And we're like, oh, this. We gotta bring this back. I remember bringing three. Uh, three of my old. Zebcos, oh, maybe the was, mighty Zebcos. Oh, maybe maybe that was it. You brought some old reels up. I don't know. Something but, broke. I'm, I'm a good one for breaking rods, folks. It's
2: And uh, I don't know if uh, anybody happened to see, well, I think four people did, uh, including Buck Fielding. He said this was pretty hilarious, but I posted a video about me vacuuming out the shop. We call it the shop.
1: I was, I was one of your... Oh, watchers. were you? Okay. <laughs> so two people we don't know got, <coughs> yeah. to, got to watch fun. Yes,
2: right, right, right.
1: Two, yeah. Vacuum out the shop.
2: So I was vacuuming out the... It's a, kind of the bunkhouse. It's the extra, extra cabin. has It has a bathroom in it and a bunk. Laundry. Beds and a laundry. Yeah, laundry. We can do laundry in there. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm, I'm va- we don't even use it much, but I right. just vacuum it. That's yep. right. You want to leave it cleaner than you find it. Absolutely. Well, so I'm vacuuming, and in the corner where there's like over a dozen rods, I think mostly belonging to my brother and his kids. Sure. And family. Uh, suddenly one of the rods comes barreling across the floor into the vacuum cleaner. And I thought, well, shoot. So I stop it, and I turn the vacuum over, and I'm just trying to take, pull the whatever line it got. Well, half the spool was was around the roller of the vacuum. Jeez. How long did it take to uh, Oh, well, I just... unfouled. I cut the line, and you know what? As a matter of fact, I think I just left it on there to... Because, you know, Molly and the kids were... We're waiting. It's like it was. Right. A, it's one of the last things I do before we. Yeah. I put, yeah turn off the vacuum, the shop, yeah. empty it out, and uh, lock it up, and then we head out. But I thought I'll get this next time. It's <laughs> it's a vacuum that I think I only use. Oh my! So yeah, it was quite an experience. I I hadn't done that before, but that's where we keep an awful lot of our rods. I tried to keep most of mine on the tracker yeah. in the little yeah. storage area underneath sure. the underneath. But uh, yeah, so that was that was fun. More cabin country hijinks. The wacky fun of vacuuming out the shop. There's, right, right. <laughs> Clean floor, <laughs> but uh, one of those spools, somebody's going to discover there's not much line in it when they cast it next. Three-foot so, three, three foot cast. and
1: <laughs> Right. Hang on hard to that handle, or you'll fire that rod right out into the go. <laughs> there we go. Irish she blows.
2: But at any rate... Well, I, I suppose we ought to maybe bring this episode to a close and start to get working on the uh well, there's plenty in the in, in the, the hopper. hopper oh yeah there's right.
3: there's stories
1: galore and uh, we got you know i know when we first did our first halloween episode and we mm-hmm. kind of wondered scratching our chins you know is this putting off some of our listenership to hear cabin country themed kind of spooky tales mm-hmm. on uh, all hallows eve and uh, it seems like so. they actually they do fairly
2: well. I think they, they have more land. I had
1: a couple of people mention that last year's was actually somewhat frightening in parts yeah. they had to kind of stop and regroup and wait a minute now. Yeah. Well good stuff. The bar has been set. Right. The work oh is gosh. being done. You know, I, I hope we can at least yes. be on par with what we Right, created can we, last year. Can we
2: raise the bar? I will, we'll have to and see. And again,
1: if you're looking for, well, what is he talking about? Just go back a ways. And you'll see like yes. Halloween episode number three, your second annual holiday show. Or ha- Halloween, you know. Halloween season special, yep. whatever we call we it. We have a lot of fun with that. Yes. We have a lot of fun Favorite with Favorite time already. of year. Coffee tastes a little better when you can see your breath. Oh, Yes.
2: Good stuff. The distant sound of the shotgun pops in oh, yes. the early morning hours. Echo of the train amidst the That's right. report of 12-gauge shotguns. Indeed. Oh, can't wait to get up there. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. Well, thanks again for hanging with us. Indeed. We'll let the cabin door slam shut and turn off the stove. That so- sounds good. <laughs>
1: See you next time.